the no fly list. As far as the no fly list, no fly list, no fly list. If you are not with that list, list. The most problematic thing is, is that any, any, anyone can be under the investigation of the FBI. FBI, FBI. FBI, FBI. And I know that something really good is going to come out of all of this. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another week of the No Fly List, where we talk to comedians, artists, musicians, and other cool and interesting people of color. I'm Athir. I'm a mama. And today we had amazing guest, uh, a war journalist, a producer, a writer, uh, all around amazing person and very interesting, Saman Arbabi. This was like my favorite thing ever because he has so many cool stories. He talks about either like actually being kidnapped by like a like a terrorist or I think it was Hezbollah. I'm not entirely sure. Or then like also like fleeing. There were multiple. There were multiple. Yes, there were multiple kidnapping stories. The country, but it ends in like a very beautiful. Yeah. Way he like talks uh, about like will- fleeing. Yeah, like how he met like his future wife like during a time of like we turmoil flee and flee. And- and he's just, he's like, we talk a lot about death because he's literally a war journalist. And he's just, I don't know, he has a really cool vibe and he's like such a wonderful person. Yeah, he he's very like, um, just fun to talk to. He had a lot of really great insight. Uh, I know he was born in Iran, moved to the US, uh, to DC when I think he was like eight or so. Yeah. And it was just interesting hearing about also, you know, how, you know, sometimes people think of the Middle East or think of like Muslims as all like one people, but the experience of being Iranian is so different. And then even him talking about growing up in a uh, like a more secular atheist household and yeah. talking about how different that is for us yep. and um, and just how he kind of like knew what he wanted to do and knew who he was at like a very young age and was like, I'm doing this. And um his show like went viral in Iran and he ended up on the daily show, which is so dope. He's just like a really cool person. And I just think that this is a really fun episode because it makes you like think about life in general. Yeah. And like, we talk a lot about being in the moment, too, just living life for the moment, which I think through his experiences, all these like near death experiences, you really do start to just focus you because all you You can do is just, yeah, it's all you have. It's all that's, Yep. Certain is the moment. There's nothing that's promised, right? So he, I think he has like a very good grasp and understanding on that. And it was very um, just cool to hear his perspective. And he's just like a very chill, fun, insightful, super smart yep. dude. And it was really, really yeah. cool. Um, and yeah, so I, I love this episode. He's so fascinating. He really is. He's a dope dude. I think everyone's going to love it. Um, but before we get to his episode, um, we have our first segment called the No Fly List, No Fly List, where we put um, people on our shit list um, instead of like, I don't know, innocent brown people. And this week we have the Bush administration from 2001, <laughs> it's September 12th, as we are recording this. Yeah. Uh, so, it, yeah, we have to, uh, you know, give credit where credit is due. <laughs> The orchestrators of the event. It's so funny because it's like, like years ago, people would be like, like when I think Loose Change first came out, people were like, no, no. Like it was like so taboo. And now the joke is just, yeah, Bush did 9-11. And yeah. 
I think when brown people like first, like when it first happened, brown people were like, the United States is also responsible. And everyone was like, we're sending you to Guantanamo Bay right. for that. Like, shut up. Yeah. And dead. now everyone's just like, yeah. Well, uh-huh. Maybe. Uh, uh, but yeah, definitely the Bush administration, Dick Cheney, um, Colin Powell, Condoleezza Rice, may they burn in whatever hell. Whatever hell they, yeah. there is one. If there is one. <laughs> and George Bush is just fucking like make like painting pictures now of oh like God. it's so dumb. He's clearly affected by it. Oh my God. Yeah. But yeah. Definitely. I'd also like to put now that we're thinking about it since it's it's 912 anyone that's called Muslim per, uh, terrorist because I've gotten called that yeah. going up Alabama anyone who has shown hate for Muslims every single person that um, I had some te- so I grew up in New York so like after 9-11 it was bad and we even had some teachers who like um, there was like a moment where like I think my cousin didn't stand for the pledge because it was just like so like at this time it's like months after and like worse and worse things are happening the war is about to start and some teachers were like you're the reason why like stuff like this happens. So to all the educators who are calling their kids terrorists, I hope you guys, um, uh, some of you have quit, but I really hope that some you guys might be never dead also team. by now. <laughs> oh yeah. I know some of these teachers by name. I My I teacher should. also like yeah. when we were in school and we were watching uh, the towers fall, she goes, in Alabama, she's like, I bet it was those damn Arabs. And it was like my first week at a new school. And I was like, oh, God, oh, God. Everyone no. here thinks yep. that it's us and Exactly. Hates us. Look, the educators of Walt Whitman High School, you guys were mostly racist. So you're also on the no-fly list. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All racist, Islamophobes, definitely yeah. the Bush administration. Yep. Um, you guys dug us into a very deep hole. Very deep hole. But um, you know what? <laughs> You're doing fine. <laughs> As uh, that's how life goes. That is how life goes. And uh, I think this this episode is going to also just uh, lighten things up for you guys. And it's just a super insightful and super fun. So uh, please enjoy Saman Arbabi. All right. Welcome, Saman. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me. It's so nice to have you. Likewise. Been a week. Yeah, yeah. So Saman and I are working on a top secret project. That's right. How top secret right. it is. Um, but yeah, I, we just met like three weeks ago and I found out about all the cool shit that you've been doing. And, and so can you tell me about like, yeah, when did you, how did you start and what you're doing? Like producing? Ooh, it goes back to the Vietnam yeah. War. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so um I don't know where you want me to start, but I, I studied uh, journalism uh, in school. And then um, I started working. In, I, I grew up in the D.C. area, so I, like Maryland. I started working in the media back in the mid-90s. Um, ABC Radio Morning, and I really fell in love with media. So anyway, long story short, fast forward, 2003, I got a gig with VOA, Voice of America, to become a journalist, like a video journalist. Uh, which they call VJs. It's someone who writes, shoots, and edits uh, like daily packages, stories, yeah. four or five minute stories. And I went to Afghanistan for my first assignment. Uh, and then after that, I covered the war for a bunch of years, till like different wars. Just all the wars. Not the all, war, many wars. Not, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my all. gosh. And you were, you were born in Iran, right? Yeah, I left in um, 85. Okay. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm, I'm 48, so I was like six. When the revolution Damn, happened, you he looks twenty five. <laughs> I was like, "What is your what's your what skin is your secret?" Yeah, no, seriously. I act like four, so 
Yeah. Do you do so <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, I, I lived in Iran till I was uh, 12. I, you know, we had the revolution when I was six. And then we had the war the following year with Iraq, which lasted eight years. But I left about five years into it um, and then moved to France for a little while. Uh, and I was lucky to move here with a green card in my hand. So I didn't yeah. have to like, you know, swim across or do some of the crazy or hang on an airplane. Marry a random person. For Marry a random person. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The green card. When exactly. you were covering like the, the wars, not like, did it get super dangerous? Did you feel... Um, also from like both sides, just because like also the U.S. military. <laughs> well, <laughs> it, yeah, I mean, anything can happen, you know. The, the closest calls I had, mm, well, in Beirut in, during the 2006, uh, you know, um, war between Lebanon and Israel, it got a little bit hairy because I was in the same neighborhood as uh, Hezbollah where they were bombing all the buildings. So I was between the rubbles and stuff like that. So you just had to look up for a second and be like, any second, you know, <laughs> anything could happen. Uh, luckily, nothing happened. But but then you also don't, you're not too scared because you're like, if anything happened, you're not going to feel it. You know, it's just, it's you against the big bomb, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What, what's, what's there to feel? Anyway, so that was close. But um, I had some hairy close calls with like, you know, uh, terrorist organizations and things like that. Uh, you know, or not necessarily terrorist organizations, but, you know, deep, dark organizations. I got... Detained by Hezbollah once in 2005. I had a four or five hours of kind of like scary moment in their headquarters being detained and questioned for things. And I was like, shit, what if they- It's not a good time to for journalists or anywhere in the Middle East, I guess. It's no. never really right. been a good time. Yeah, the Afghan war changed that. You know, the Taliban were the first kind of group that started targeting journalists, yeah. beheading and killing and things like that. And it was just kind of like a fair game after that in the Middle East. Um, it almost feel like it became like a fair game, like everywhere. <laughs> like, yeah, like we're like, yes, that was happening before, but then like so much more openly. Yeah, that's true. Be- yeah, the Soviets were actually the first people that started targeting journalists, and that was again in Afghanistan during the uh, occupation of Soviets, where they would target Western journalists. So it's it's never been a safe thing, but now it's like all weird with the uh, Islamic extremists and things like that. Because as long as you're a Westerner, and for me, it's a little bit weird, like traveling in Middle East. Um, because I have, I'm kind of hated on all sides. You know, I'm American, sort of. You know, yep. I have the blue passport. And then I'm also Shiite Muslim. So oh, kind of like God. a nice, lovely little gift to like ISIS and Al-Qaeda yeah. and these oh, little yeah. extremist groups. So, but you know, you, you just don't think about it that way. Yeah. But the Shiite card actually worked for me. I played the game um, when I was detained in Beirut. And I was like, hey, I'm from Iran, you know. <laughs> oh know, my god, yeah. We're like the same people. We find you. And then, you know, after four or five hours, they let me go. Did they like, you don't have to like say, but did it, was it like something where you were just like, oh no, like I might not. Yeah, for a hot minute. Yeah. Because um, uh, what happened, you know, usually when you travel to, go to these, you go to these places, you hire a fixer or slash producer, someone who's like fluent in the language, a native basically, who, who kind of like has your butt, your back. Uh, that day, I remember when I was like t- taking pictures of the like southern Beirut, Zahia. It's still like, I mean, it, it still was like as it was left for, from the civil war. Totally different, you know. It looked it looked like it hasn't been touched since the war. And I was like fascinated how like thirty seconds away across that bridge, you had the Buddha bars and you know the lingerie stores and liquor stores, and now here, like a minute away. 
you're like in the middle of a war zone type of place. And then I was taking pictures and that's when I heard like a bunch of SUVs like, you know, screeching around me and, and all I heard was my fixer started like screaming and crying. I was like, shit. Oh that, no. no, the fixer is that's, needing fixing. That, yeah. <laughs> that's my, not a good sign. My fixer, yeah. And then she just very quickly said, shut up, don't say anything. We could all disappear and no one would ever know where we are. I'm like, thank that's good to know. Thanks. So that was that. But uh nothing, nothing too too yeah. bad. You yeah. are the calmest person <laughs> I have ever Talked met. About, yeah. Because this is like, and you, like, mashallah, you look great. But like, I swear, if it was me, I would look like I was 100. Because I'd be like, I've been through so much stress in my life. Oh, you wow. know? No, no. Oh, I, I did. I think I told you one time. One, now that you mentioned, I feel shy, like even telling you. That, but once uh, there was a kidnapping attempt on my life in, in Dubai by the Iranian government. That was, what? I didn't feel anything, but it could have happened. You know, we, we, it didn't happen. Uh, but yeah. That, is this like an occupational hazard? This is just like going into journalism or being in war zones. Is there an understanding that, hey, this might just happen. You might just get kidnapped or not. Like, you was- know, I, yeah. And believe, I mean, I'm, I'm a nobody. Like I, I used to go to these places for like 10 days, two weeks at a time and then go home. Worry about my 401k and things like that. And then like three months later, get the rush, feel like you want to do it again, go back for another 10 days. But there were people who, journalists who lived in these countries for like, you know, years and months at a time, like in the middle of Iraq during like 2006, 2007, the worst time in Baghdad yeah. or Afghanistan. I, ju- I used to just go in and out. I used to dip into it. Um, but th- those guys are the real deal. So are they like, a? is it part of it is like the adrenaline rush uh, um, being in like a crazy war zone like do people are people drawn to that yeah i think i was um i remember actually the first time i i thought this kind of stuff is really cool was when i was um a kid in iran i remember even though we had our own war with iraq um early 80s i remember at like two or three o'clock in the afternoon the tv station used to play like an hour of arabic news uh sponsored by the iranian government and they constantly showed the civil war in lebanon and I remember, like, I was a kid, and we only had one station that worked, like, four hours a day, and one of it, one hour was Arabic, so I used to turn it on <laughs> as much as I could. And then I remember watching, and, and, and watch, like, I was fascinated with the urban uh, fighting and, like, how journalists were covering it. And I remember I, I saw a, a scene of uh, a cameraman getting shot by a sniper, and I was like, oh, shit, that's so cool. <laughs> uh, you know, he lived, but, like, his camera blew up, and his hand was all, like, hanging and everything. Whoa. He was running away. I was like, that is awesome, you know? It's like a kid watching an action film and be like, I want to yeah. do that. Yeah, I just thought it was so cool and so brave to be in the middle of that thing and, you know, uh, giving it your own view and eye for others to see it. So I, that's why, like, when I heard about Afghanistan, I was like, holy shit, let's do this, you know? Like, I got to go there. Where's the most dangerous place oh on my the God, map yeah, that I could go to? <laughs> I was like, when I went to Pakistan, it was like during the Red Mosque, um, the Lal Masjid, like, yeah, uh, yeah. like time. And I remember like, even then, like, because my grandfather like was dying. So my mom was like, Okay, and he didn't. So then we, she went back again a few years later. But like, false alarm. yeah, for the false alarm. But it was like one of those things where like when we were going, everyone was like, okay, like this is not the best time to go. And my mom was just like, whatever happens, happens. Like, you know, I'll let, like take the wheel. And then there was <laughs> yeah. a day that we passed some protests and I was like, wait, what's going on? And all of a sudden my mom like 
I like saw something shift in her and she was, she yelled at the driver and she was like, move away now. And then we found out later that that area had been like bombed because of protests already. And she was like, she was like, I just had a bad feeling. So when we got to her cousin's house, they were like, we're so glad you like got out of there. But a lot of people were like knocking on our doors in Faslabad being like, you know, we're, we're part of the law. Like they were like, like that's like when things started to like kind of shift in Pakistan a little more like publicly. And it was like, it was a, it was weird and different. I was 16. And I remember at the time I was just like, okay, I guess I'm here. But there were some moments where I was even like, this is not, I don't feel the excitement. I feel a lot of like, like just tension. Yeah. 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 I mean, covering it as a journalist is a different thing you're looking for. You're for your own selfish reasons, obviously. And professionally looking at it, it's, it's like, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it, but it's, like you just reminded me actually of something um, that happened to me in DC. I literally was stuck between a drive-by shooting between two gangs, and I was just thinking, <laughs> and that happened in Washington. It was the closest, yeah, that's closest right. thing <laughs> I've had to thing. death, and it wasn't even in Afghanistan or Iraq. Yeah, well, I also I think first of all, America is one of the most dangerous places it is. to be, and so especially if you're a person of color. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, like, I I lived through the first and second intifada in Palestine, and. Uh, I almost died in a mall shooting in Alabama in a JC Penney. <laughs> right. like, oh fuck no, this is not how I'm going down. But exactly. like, it can happen anywhere. Um, but at least I think the difference is like your guard is up when you're in those places because yeah. you're expecting that. But when you're like just shopping and you're like, oh, yeah. in, or in a movie theater, God forbid, like yeah. it's you're not thinking that. You're not in yeah, a Yeah, I mean war that's zone. a war zone. Exactly. What happened to me it was in front in front of a uh, Howard University. Right. You know? Exactly. Totally <laughs> so. different. <laughs> It's Contact. like, what the hell? But yeah, so. Do you have this like, I, I guess, does that sort of inform your your views on like death mortality? Are you aware of your mortality going into these places? Did it help you, you know, be more comfortable with the idea, you know? Um, you know, I, I, I'm personally like, I think everyone deals with it differently, but I, I'm personally not afraid of like anything happening. I'm seeing it now, but. Watch me me on YouTube, like, you know, with a little black flag behind me, (laughs) fucking shitting my pants and crying. (laughs) But, like, the the thing I I used to worry about was, like, what would my family think and feel and how horrible it would be for them at the time. So, uh, that that was the only thing that kind of, like, I I was more worried about, like, for my my family to hear shit news uh, of me, like, something happening to me in a terrible place yeah. or whatever but um when you're in it you don't really think about it it's funny you, you know like in lebanon especially Leb- lebanese people are awesome you know you, you're familiar they party their ass Part, off yeah and they're used to so many years of war uh, and I, you like every night for them it was like their last night so they drank ate and just celebrated and woke up the next day with a hungover wishing they were dead you know <laughs> it was like you live it for the moment. Yeah. And it, there's some excitement with that. And we had the same thing when I was in Iran as a kid and during the war with Iraq. Uh, at a, There was a point where, like, uh, the Iraqis were bombing Tehran where I lived. So in the evenings, like, after school, a lot of the families, we used to just get in the cars and go up to the mountains and try to be safe up there, make sure, you know, the bombing happens, and then go home, like, 12 o'clock at night and go to bed. But uh, it was kind of fun because we used to go, and there were it was like a little— picnic thing going on with like hundreds of cars and their families michael jackson blasting and <laughs> you know watching watching the fireworks you know in the city and then uh it was kind of like a come together of yeah fun. but i was a kid too so 
Uh, I'm sure my parents weren't saying the same thing or feeling the same way. That's but, yeah. yeah. I also imagine that like, and we've talked about this. Like, brown people are so resilient, and they've gone through so much. Even like, like yeah. I think your whole life is like you're not expecting to maybe like wherever you're living really sometimes like not live long because you know like you're either in a police state or something is happening that's like it's colonized imperialized to a point where you're just right. like I still want to live and have fun and enjoy my life and like yeah and you We've do had it in thousands every... of years of experience yeah <laughs> that's why our food and music is so cool yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah. We have, we've, we've mastered deep it under this, those conditions yeah <laughs> we have deep deep uh, intergenerational trauma oh for, for sure, sure. Yeah. but <laughs> we have good food and we have good food Absolutely. and it's probably why we became comedians yeah like struggle <laughs> trauma all of these things yeah that you're entertainment in the dark entertainment when the power's out you know yeah you gotta be really uh, creative like my cousins and I whenever there'd be bombings we'd be like uh lying flat on the floor playing like mario party and just yeah. like playing and then we'd like crawl to the kitchen to get like uh laughing cow cheese wedges we'd just eat that it was so that's my memories it was just like we'd be even in the middle of everything and we'd be like you'd have to just like live life and and figure out a way to live yeah exactly i mean what else can can you do and that's that's what your nature is yep you know it's funny um I remember one of the, um, I'm having flashbacks of my family. And uh, I remember one time <laughs> during one of the night bombings, uh, I had a step grandfather who was like an ex military guy during like who knows when back in the day. He was like, you know, during the bombings, we should go to the basement. And we're all like, okay, he's from military. You understand? So we go in the basement and then we look around. He's like, and you know, the building's shaking, there's like little dust coming down. And he's like, Maybe it's not a good idea. I'm thinking if all this shit falls, we're going to die. I'm oh, like, God. I'm like, fuck, dude, come on. So he's like, let's go to the, let's go outside to the, um, we had a swimming pool in my yard. I mean, everyone has a, had a pool in Iran back in there. You didn't have to be rich. Just you know, homes came with pools. And it was empty. He's like, let's go to the swimming pool because that way we're probably more protected. I remember then we went to the pool, but then at this point we could see everything that was happening above us. <laughs> it was even yeah, more scary. that's terrifying. That doesn't yeah, sound like that, good. Like, yeah, that's All these, you know, anti-aircraft um, batteries and things. So then he's like, "Okay, let's go back to the basement." Like, yeah. <laughs> he's just going up and down, like outside, right. inside. Right. That's wild. Little and stories. How did um, did your family have any expectations of uh, what you would you know become, study your career? Were they like supportive of of anything of like journalism? Um, I don't think so. Actually, I had no expectations. That's what I think made it easy for me to choose oh, my nice. path. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my my dad was a chemist. My mom was a biologist. But they never uh, they never pushed me to be anything really, other than just like go to school. You know, go to school and figure it out. And I did. You know, I I was a uh, pre med student for like three semesters. I was thinking, yeah, I should be a you know some kind of doctor. It's got to be good, right? All brown people are doctors. <laughs> that didn't work out. And then I dropped out. And then you know by by luck, I figured out, okay, media is where I want to be, and then went back to school and did my thing. So, you know, two things that didn't push uh, on me was uh, religion. Like, we never had religion in my family. No one talked against it. No one talked Even from your it. grandparents, like, generation? Or yeah, later I found out, like, my dad, like, I'm fifth generation atheist in my family. Like, wow. my dad's grandfather was, like, the first atheist, you know, in, in the family. I mean, atheist such a scary word but like they didn't have religion yeah. They didn't yeah believe in it and they were also all in line of science and things like that so religion never ex and then i found out later my mom's father was also very anti-theist and hated like religion and things oh, like 
Oh, that's so crazy. That's yeah. awesome. I mean, that that's why they, they never pushed it. Yeah. They didn't want me to be like, you know, like Christopher Hitchens hating it, uh, you know, verbally or physically. Yep. or, uh, But also, they left it up to me. So that, wow, I can't even imagine what that's like. That is, well, that's like when my little brother was like, I'm not sure. And I was like, don't tell anyone, but just like, go figure it out for yourself. Yeah. Because when I said I'm not sure, oh my God. Oh, shit. I, oh, yeah. thought, I thought I was like, they were like going to Sunday school. And then I was like, oh, I'm sure I hate it. <laughs> I was like, thank you for teaching yeah. me that. Yeah. Now I really don't like it. But yeah. yeah, we brown people, I mean, it's rare to 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 not be in it. I naturally just disliked it because we had an Islamic revolution and pretty much what's happening in Afghanistan now is what happened in yeah. Iran in 1979. So I, I, I kind of grew hating it as yeah. an organized political tool to oppress to people. To control, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you, I couldn't care less if you believed in a watermelon as long as you do it at home, you know? Yeah, and don't enforce it on other people. Right, yeah. and that's exactly what doesn't happen in the Middle East. You're either a police state, like you, what you said, mm-hmm. or like an religious states where yeah even like pakistan like there's so many um there's so many parts like with pakistan like culture that like you know uh i think definitely like british colonization has like caused more um like people in pakistan used to like cross-dress and it would be fine kind of until like more western influence like Mm. came about but then like as like you've gotten like more religious leaders it's just like it's bad <laughs> and i just like and i also like as someone with like tattoos now i'm like if i go back oof, like, there's like nothing like i would be like terrified because if like that would just be so 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 bad but like all these places there's a lot of kids are like they have like underground clubs where they like go yeah, yeah. and it's and then they also have underground clubs where they like can explore like if you're not like straight this whole queer or whatever. Community. Yeah, Even, a- yeah. I mean, in Palestine, it's a little bit different. It depends. Obviously, in Gaza, it's different than like the West Bank where I grew up. But there is people are a little bit more liberal, a little bit more secular. It's not a, it's not an Islamic state. But then the culture, the Muslim culture, is very much like ingrained. Yeah. But there's also a lot of Christian population, and we mix. And yeah, it's like Lebanon's it's the same. Little, yeah, yeah. So it's a little bit more. Even like Jordan, like a little bit more liberal, like that mm-hmm. whole region. But totally. I can understand why a whole nation like rebelling after the revolution. I went to an Islamic school for a year and I was like, fuck this yeah, in yeah. Alabama. That's a full round yeah. year. And like, it was like insane. And oof. after that, that really like changed my perspective. I was like, because it was just shoved down our throat. And yeah. it was like by fear. Everything was like. You're going to get hung by your eyebrows if you pluck them. You're going to, if you make eye contact. It was just like insane stuff that I had never even heard in Palestine or anywhere else growing up. But they, it was just like, it was very extreme. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I went to Sunday school and I used to just like goof around. I think they hated me because I would be like just spreading gossip because I would listen to (laughs) the Sunday school teachers talk shit. And I was like, oh, you want to know what they said? I think at some point they were like, you could leave. And I was like, all right, cool. But like, yeah, it was the same thing. But they also, there was a a lot of like sexism in it too, which I was like, this is not, if you like study Islam, like fine, like it's actually not Islam, but you're like now making me feel like I hate it because it's so sexist because they would be like, you need to learn how to cook and serve and 
And it was like the way that they talked yeah. about serving your God and serving a man. And I was like, I'm, I don't like that. And it's not just Islam. It's all of them. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, like, my God. Yeah. yeah. That's when, you know, a bunch of dudes made this stuff Absolutely. up. Absolutely. <laughs> my know? mom's always like, she's like, no, like, you know. Like, how everyone, convenient. Yeah. Huh? She was like, right. the Quran has not been changed. You know, those stories have been passed down. And I was like, so which man was telling yeah. a lot right. of those? I was like, let's be like, come on. No. I know. I recently told, like, last time I was home, I told my mom that I was basically agnostic and more like spiritual and then she was she keeps trying to convince me she keeps sending me like oh this is like a liberal imam on youtube you should really listen to him mm. <laughs> oh my god I'm, I'm good he's I'm, like you could pray three times a day yeah, instead you of shorten the it you know <laughs> like you could <laughs> instead of the full five just do three <laughs> Yeah, it's it's crazy. <laughs> Don't do fudger. No one wants to get up that early. <laughs> and you know, know what? If you're out late at night, no need for Isha. <laughs> Just yeah, I stopped praying be- when I started drinking because I was taught that God doesn't accept your prayers for 40 days if you drink alcohol. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I guess I'll stop praying then. That's what exactly <laughs> what I did. Yeah, yeah I was like, I'm not going to be sober. So. <laughs> oh yeah. You know, it's funny. My, I, I had a, t- a Turkish roommate in college, and and um, like. This was in the early 90s. So ecstasy, raves, and techno, all this stuff was really happening. And um, he used to party like 11 months out of the year. Prostitutes, liquor, clubs, gambling, anything you can imagine. But then when it would come to Ramadan, he would like try to clean up everything else and buy buy himself some rollover minutes for the next 11 months. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, dude, are you are you are you serious? Like, you really think you're fooling? Who That's are amazing. you fooling? Other than yourself? Yeah. I know so many people like that, and like, it's it's so funny. It's like this is where it stops, or like, yeah, during Ramadan, they're like, oh, now I'm a religious Muslim. Yeah, and, yeah. Wow. And he used to drive me nuts because we had midterm exams and stuff, and he would like pray four in the morning, wake me up, and I'm and I'm like, dude. Yeah. You're so full of it. Yep. And then he couldn't, I mean, he, was, he had like a little countdown clock. And the minute he could get hammered, he'd be out drinking and doing his thing. Damn. So, that's, that is hilarious. <laughs> yeah. That is really funny. At least like be consistent. You know what? It, although I know we all pick and choose. Like I, I have my thing about like, I talk about this a lot on stage too, like not eating pork, not because I think I'm going to hell or anyone is going to hell. It's just because they ingrain it in us that it's gross. It's disgusting. It's dirty. That in my mind, I'm just like, oh, I don't know. I don't want to eat this. But yeah. I don't actually think, you know, I'm going to hell for it. I'm no. way worse than eating well, pork. Well, it's, it's funny because a lot of Muslim people would be like, you eat pork? Like, I've like That's like the last some, yeah. line of like, yeah, oh, but I, But I, it's funny because I, I was like, yeah, like I love bacon. But then I, I was really slow to reveal that. I felt yeah. like I was like coming out yeah. by being like, <laughs> you're like, <laughs> yeah, just, coming out of closet yeah. for eating bacon. <laughs> yeah, and I had to like be like, hey guys, so sometimes I have a coming pork out of sandwich the, here and there. Right, right. Yeah. You know. <laughs> That's so funny. Imagine how, what kind of God is that? How lame would that be? Like keeping track. You can't get into heaven. You, uh, you, you you eat bacon you or like BL, this BLT is yeah. what's keeping you. Or you insulted me. I'm so hurt. My feelings are hurt. You must go burn in hell. Yeah. It's like Jesus, come on, really? <laughs> Literally, Jesus, come on. <laughs> a bunch of dudes made it up. Hey, yeah. Uh, and when they force it, then that's a whole difference. Yeah. And it's just so insane how every country, like the religious aspect, is so tight and prominent and like. Like evangelical, like how like people have such influence wherever you are, and like Huge. Yeah. yeah, I went to evangelical Christian school, college, <laughs> and then like in Alabama, and it, it was kind of crazy. I and then I, I feel like I've studied the Bible more than I've studied the Quran at this point, but it's like yeah, it's all similar stuff. Mm-hmm. They're all any kind of like 
extreme insular society is going to have like similar kind of control and thinking. And, um, you know, I, I read this thing. It's like religion is, is more about like community and trying to, um, bring people closer to each other than bring you closer to yourself. And spirituality is more like bringing, you know, I consider myself spiritual. Which I joke is like declaring your major is undecided because you're like, yeah, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> One of these will work out. Um, but is there anything that you find like either spiritual, something that ground, grounds you or any practices that you have just have zero keep you looking young and fresh <laughs> no really i like i i don't i don't i mean it, this is it this is what you have and you know you, you have some luck that goes with it i mean especially if you know you're born in a terrible place sadly you don't have that many luck so yeah you just have to make the best out of what you have and enjoy it, you know it, and life flies by so quick it's ridiculous i just I do my thing one day at a time and Hobbies. That's it. I you know try to enjoy it. That's all. But it's not like you know I look forward to anything after this. Nothing like ritualistic or anything. no. Yeah. No. It's I all, mean, yeah. we're all stardust. We all yeah. came from stardust, and we're yeah. gonna end up going back to it. I don't even believe in like you know um, uh, reincarnation. Reincarnation, but in a way, we go back, back to, to the earth, earth, and what we used to be, and and then end up being. Yeah. plant food and things like that and the birds yeah. eat off of the plants and go somewhere else so it's what's in it's your energy, body right it's, can't yeah. be created nor destroyed it can only change form and with, so with, if you yeah, go by exactly. that science yep. then it, it you does have kind of make stuff sense. in your body that was in a dinosaur's body one day if you believe in dinosaurs <laughs> <laughs> i don't believe in evolution, <laughs> evolution dinosaurs. Doesn't, doesn't exist you know that uh, question that you know that puts the whole bible concept under the uh -huh. you know it is yeah. like, it's so true, even with like the enjoying yourself, like that's something that I had like an epiphany this past weekend, right? And I was talking to an old friend of mine that I haven't seen in years and he was just like, yeah, like I just really started to like get into just being like, oh, this is like what we have. Mm. And in other culture, like before Western, like in colonization and everything, like people really were just like, there, you don't need to be like working constantly. Like there's no like real purpose, yeah. like you can just live and, and be. And that's something that he yeah. was talking about a lot. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's you very can either, true. You could be a good person. You could be a bad person. You could be a useless person. Yeah. It's really up to you. See, exactly. You know what I mean? And, you know, if you have a little bit of common sense, you you choose at least useless. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And then good because it's a little bit harder. You have to work at it. But, I mean, you don't need a hell and a supernatural higher being to scare you from, like, killing another person and raping and pillaging and stealing shit from them. You know what I mean? That's yeah, like, you don't need a God to tell you that that's no. wrong. Maybe 4,000 years ago, we sort of needed something like that because we didn't have cops and governments and things like that. So they well, they made the this stuff up, yeah. including their own selfish things. Like, I can have four wives. Like, let's throw that in there. Hey, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> don't murder. Don't murder. Um, have my wife cook dinner. Yes, do clean. the dishes, you know. Throw the, yeah, like, no one will notice. You just, like, you know, sandwich that in between. Yeah. <laughs> I don't trust my brother-in-law, so… Cover your hair. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, and, and don't steal. You know, so back in the day, it probably made sense. But at this point, I think we're way past it. But we're not. We're not. No. Yeah. And it's also like I have… I, I know people who are um, getting married now that like… They weren't super religious and they became really religious like in the Pakistani community. Yeah. And that's like been a, my worst fear. 
with yeah. wearing a Muslim guy. It's like yeah. they go from, sorry, I, no, no. that kind of happened with like my dad, a lot of people who were not religious in the 60s, 70s, and then the whole like religious wave came and then they became, my dad's now like super religious. Yeah, but I think also then like at that point, like there is like, like I do believe that people change and if you can't change with sure. them, you, you mm-hmm. might not be the best match There's anymore. There's also like, fear of death and these things. Yeah. And sometimes people need Answers. something to hang on to. Yeah. Or with that, like if they felt like I do, they couldn't probably live on. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's like, what do you mean there's no nothing? There's no purpose. There's no reason. There's nothing. And some people can't accept something like that. Yeah. Again, it goes back to their upbringing probably because they have they had to believe in something. So it's good for some people. And it might pe- keep some I, people in check. I, I think say, it's yeah, good that's... for my dad. I think it grounds him. I think it gives yeah. him something to do five times a day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it, it works for yeah. him. Um, and I know you're married and your wife is also Iranian, right? Yeah. So does she have similar views on, on yeah. religion and stuff like that? Uh, she's a lot. Yeah. I mean, she like full burqa. Yeah. <laughs> she puts two on. <laughs> Just, just to be safe. <laughs> you go home, you're like, do not remove yeah. it. <laughs> and you know, the winters in New York is pretty bad. So you need at least two burkas. Sometimes I feel like a I should be wearing a burka. A burka? Can you imagine? Yeah, well, that's what, there was that, that one time that it was like so cold that I was like wrapping my yeah. face. Yeah. Straight up like a goddamn yeah. terrorist, you know. Yep. <laughs> uh, she she does have her own things though that I don't. Uh, and most people have something. She yeah. believes in like energy and… We got to meet. Oh, I was things so, like yeah, that. I'm, yeah, 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 you guys. Mama gave me my first crystal. I've, and now I so have a collection of crystals. She has a big thing about crystals. I stopped believing in crystals. And so <gasps> many of my friends this past weekend, like when I saw them wow. again, they're like, what, what do you mean? Yeah. And I was like, well, I stopped believing like during the pandemic when I realized that a rock wasn't going to save me. Exactly. And then they they were like shocked though. They're like, but you gave us some. And I was like, oh no, you should keep those. Like, you know, the, the I present. I had no yeah. idea how many crystal stores we have in New York. Yeah. Oh, if my you God, think yeah. diamonds are a good business, Oof. They're Sell so expensive. Rock. I just bought my friend like a really expensive crystal, and it's That's but like I, I just like the way they. Look. I don't actually think that they're gonna like heal me, but I do think that everything does give off energy, and I think that including crystals. But I, I yeah, you even need to talk just, to my wife. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. <laughs> she she tells me these things, and I'm like, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we get a chat. She, yeah, she she's into it though. She studies that stuff. Like, oh, that's cool. Actually. Different that's... rocks, energies, and things like that. That's cool. That is cool. Yeah. And you guys have an interesting story of how you met. I remember. Do you mind uh, It sharing? was the uh, kidnapping attempt. That was it her trying to kidnap you? No. <laughs> I wish. I would have volunteered. No. <laughs> I, I, I was in um, Dubai uh, covering the 2009 elections because I, I couldn't go to Iran. So I had to… That was as close as I could get to Iran. There's a large Iranian community in Dubai. And it was a very wonderful trip because I had just… Covered. Uh, I was in Cairo when uh, Obama was there for his speech, and then went to Beirut. It was the parliamentary elections, and then the last part was just two days in Dubai. I, I'd go shopping and pretend like I'm covering the the elections, and shit hit the fan. And we had the Green Movement and the big uprising, so I ended up staying there for about a month. And uh, I remember every day. All these Iranian protesters used to cover their faces and go in front of the uh, Iranian consulate, just like you know, protest and things like that. And I used that's where I used to go meet up all the time. So it was a regular place to be. And then they had these dicks, these agents that used to try to intimidate people. Uh, so they would come out with their cameras and their people's faces, trying to like you know scare them that I'm gonna fuck you up. So that one one guy particularly was really getting on my nerves. He just looked like a dick. He always had a smirk on. 
So after a couple of days, I started like kind of like flirting with him and like hanging out with him. Like like I'm on nobody's side. I'm just here to see what's going on. Started talking to him. And then he starts, you know, opening up and saying some stuff that he wouldn't want to say on camera. I can't remember what it was. It wasn't even that important. But for those idiots, everything's important. Meanwhile, I had my camera rolling. And then like after like 30 seconds, he looked down. He noticed there's something fishy. Because I had the lens looking and I was like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, looking. I'm like, yeah, yeah. You know. Like, don't look below my eye line here. And okay. then he just gave me a stare that it was like a Darth Vader look. And and he just looked at me. His hand went for the camera. He shut it off. I don't know oh. how he hit the button because it's just a little right on tiny low. button. Wow. And then he grabbed me by the neck. He started dragging me inside the the building. Oh God. And I was just like laughing because I'd never seen anything like this. And I, I didn't know how to fight. I've never been in a fight. So I didn't know if I was, what am I supposed to do? I'm just like laughing and I'm just like, <laughs> he just dragging me. Until a couple of protesters jumped in. They they pushed him back. They pushed me back. And, uh, I love protesters who do that. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I wouldn't do it. <laughs> you yeah. know, the guy was so evil. And one of them grabbed me and flagged the cab and threw me in it. And was like, get, get the hell out of here. And then I, I took off, went back to my hotel, started digitizing my film. And then like an hour, two hours later, I get a call, uh, which I never got a call in my hotel room. And I was like, okay, let me pick it up anyway. And then um, it was some lady from the U.S. Uh, embassy or consulate. And she's like, are you someone? I'm like, yeah. And she's like, this is your room. I'm like, yeah, you called me. And she's like, well, uh, I just wanted to let you know that uh, there's some people looking for you. And I was like, what are you talking about? Who are they? Can you tell me? She's like, I can't tell you who they are, but I can tell you this much. They're not who they're pretending to be. So that was clearly a sign of, I, I know who it was. And, I was. and I'm like, well, what do you want me to do? You know, she's like, you should probably leave the country. And then I got a f- next flight uh, out of Dubai and I couldn't go straight to US. So uh, it, I had a layover in Germany and I'd, on Facebook, I I'd created a group of uh, other protesters and people outside of Iran who were sending me videos and information that I would be using. Uh, and one of them I had connected with, didn't even know what this person looked like. Uh, and I was like going back and forth, getting music from her for my packages that I was doing. And I was pissed. I was breaking all sorts of copyright laws. I took, <laughs> like Nirvana over protesters. And was crazy. Uh, and then, um, so I trusted her. I was like, look, I'm, I'm, I got to get out of here. Is it cool if I come to Germany? She's like, yeah, sure. Uh, like, no, if we see each other in Germany. Because I didn't know anyone there. And, and I had to go there anyway. So that's where I went when I went. And then um, I, hadn't even, I didn't even know what she looked like. And I think I told you. But I had my luggage outside waiting for her at the airport. And she was late, like 10, 15 minutes. And then all I know is like, I saw this thing about like, you know, 200 feet away with these pink shoes and orange mohawk <laughs> walking towards me. And I was like, I think that's her. <laughs> and it was her. So then we just like really connected. And from there, we had, uh, we did the long distance thing for, I want to say about a year. But every two months, we would go somewhere and meet. Like in Peru for oh, like two so weeks. Nice. So it was amazing. We used to go in different parts of the world and just meet up. Oh, that's the best that like meet really nice, cute. Yeah. I'm like, I want that. <laughs> you so you want to nice. yeah. flee from a country? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, Here's like, you know, if someone's trying to kidnap me, I would love to. <laughs> no, that exactly. is 
is really, it is really beautiful. So those guys, they brought us together. Yeah. Right? Why does, why does the kidnapping part? But I want to meet someone in a foreign country. I always have this like fantasy about it. Anytime I fly anywhere, I like sometimes like, ooh, am I gonna meet a cute guy on the plane? But it's never no. But every time um, I fly somewhere, I'm like, oh my god, that's when I'm like, Allah, I'm so sorry, just yeah, yeah don't kill me now. <laughs> I was like, I hate turbulence. <laughs> yeah, but, I think actually planes are one of the pickup places. Uh, I heard like shopping centers and mm-hmm. planes are another one. But I'm Men, sure if you're listening, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm in 32B <laughs> window. Flight. I was like, uh, oh, uh, on Thursday, I'm flying to Chicago. Yeah. So, you know, just uh, jet blue. But Cute I'm, I'm men only. <laughs> sure, it's not really a good place, but it's a place. It's a place. Yeah. Wait, that's a really beautiful place. So just story, hang out though. at better airports? better than Twitter or something, you know. I know days. people oh, met yeah. on Twitter and are married. It's, yeah, I yeah. know. I know people. Twitter, who, exactly. Yeah, but you never know. You never know. Um. Whatever works. Yeah, whatever yeah. works. But that's a beautiful story. And it sounds like you, you guys were like kindred spirits. I can't, yeah, was can't wait to meet you. 12 her. years ago. Oh, that's yeah, awesome. you will soon. Yeah, that's thank you. Awesome. And then, you know, we moved together. We lived together for two years and then got married. Oh, yeah. nice. That's amazing. We don't do Peru anymore. We should. Uh, you know, <laughs> Take you me to Mama with you. We'll, we'll go off and meet oh some guys in I the airport. We'll just hang out in the Peru airport. I usually I like to hang out with like just I f- always find like a bar somewhere and I like to become everyone's friend there. Mm. And that is I don't know if Peru has. I will just find a coffee a mama place. Mama will find the local. I will. Yeah, hang and out. I'll just like. Oh, hang. South America is amazing. I, yeah. I love South America. I've yeah. been to Hon- like Central America, like Honduras, Costa Rica, nice. um, and then I was in Brazil for. I, oh, well, yeah, that's amazing. So, Brazil amazing. was my first experience in 1996 and I was like holy shit it changed my world I tell you after Brazil I felt just yeah so there was there was like this one specific museum I went to which like was in the most beautiful place in the world but inside there was like concrete and they were playing this like haunting music that was like supposed to me it was just I don't know there's like one of those few moments I'll never forget because I was like oh this feeling is something that I can never ever ever forget but also the emotion that came up was so, yeah, oh, and so. and and the you know the the class difference between you know the poor and the rich. Oof, yeah. You know, for me, it was a thinking moment of yeah. like, you know, you gotta get your shit together. Life could be hard. Look at these people, and then look at the wealthy ones, like my friend. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you gotta well, steal from your in. friend. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, um, we do have a yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. We have a dating segment. Okay, perfect. Good, dating good question segue. That you could help us. Yeah, that was. <laughs> Great, great, seamless transition. <laughs> it's called Fifty Shades of Brown. So, nice. yeah, we have people write in and give us their relationship questions. Okay. Um, usually, a lot of like brown people, sometimes like similar things that we go through in our dating Shit. relationship. And I'm supposed to give advice. Yeah, you're supposed to great. be our our love yeah. doctor. Right oh my now. god, this is like. The Brown Love Line? Yeah, exactly. Nice. Hello, Saman is listening. Yeah. <laughs> Dr. Saman on the phone. Great. Um, yeah, this is a heavy one. So my fiance and I are moving in together in two months. She put down a deposit and the mortgage is in both of our names. We've been together for three years, so just some background. Um, but uh, my fiance wants me to transfer money to her account, the money that I plan on saving, um, instead of me moving it to my own account. Mm. which is weird that is weird why would she want that well it says because you know I've had really difficulty um, with rent with job stuff I guess with like money stuff in general Um, oh so she's trying to like help him keep it in like yeah yeah. so he won't go to Vegas and blow it and like (laughs) yeah yeah he has a really destructive like 
lifestyle. He is spending. He, so she wants to create a joint kind of bank account, but in her account. In her name, yeah. And like just any money that he's saving, she gets to like keep it in her account. Well, As a woman, I'm all for that. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, uh, yeah. That's, that's, that's a tricky one. That's, that's a tricky yeah. one. I don't know how you feel about like merging savings and all of that and like it's you know one of the biggest problems in in relationships is money issues Mm -hmm. so these guys already have like discussions about weird money stuff i don't know i mean i it's it's hard i I don't know what to say because who knows what why she really wants to do it and how responsible he is or he's not it's a, it's pretty complicated. I wouldn't even. I don't know. I'm. The, <laughs> don't yeah, know I'm like thinking. I'm just. Yeah, I think it's. It's also like you guys should really talk about financials. Like Before, if you're gonna, if you're gonna get married, you're moving in yeah. together, and there's like someone being like you're really destructive with your money. Yeah. Like, but they've already kind of like committed together to uh, take yeah. on the mortgage. Yeah. Which is a big responsibility. But in my personal, you know, life. Uh, Definitely my wife is better than I am uh, in handling the money because I don't even know how much I make, how much we have, and things like that. So if she's a good person, which it seems like she's trying to, you know, get his shit together, then he should probably listen and (laughs) take her advice and follow her And also, it's I I do agree with that. And also, it seems like the bigger issue is like he might not just be trusted trusty of her like trusting of her that's yeah. what i'm and wondering that, yeah, yeah and that's like where it's like well that's a bigger issue in that's general a, right, right. the because, flip side of the coin yeah yeah because it's like well why aren't you trusting this person you're gonna because like my parents have a joint account but that's like an old traditional i think like desi thing to do but i know that like hey i think if i like loved someone i was with i'd be like all right like we can figure this out like yeah i don't know if i'd probably do like a joint savings but then keep still save my own money still have my thing and then an additional thing for maybe like vacations or whatever like so somewhere in between I was just talking to a friend of mine about this it's like there's divorce is just so common and no one wants to get into a marriage thinking they're going to be divorced but I just feel like it complicates things when everything no matter like if it's like kids or money and the more things that you have binding you that it makes the divorce or separating the relationship just so much more difficult and complicated these guys have already made it complicated because yeah they're they're almost married but they already have the whole mortgage thing right that's true so you're already like financially bound right so maybe she's detecting some i was gonna say future troubles yep I think this is a bigger thing of like maybe like go to therapy, talk about why yeah. you're living a destructive lifestyle. Yeah, as you and put what it. what does that mean? Is he into like drugs gambling, or gambling? Yeah, and I I know gambling is people really it's get an addiction. It, it, it is. is, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, brown people have a lot of that. Oh problem. yeah, I have <laughs> I have some gamblers in my family. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I went to Atlantic City like a couple of years ago for the first time with some friends, and everybody was brown. Yeah, I don't know if it was a brown place to be, or but I mean. I saw a lot of brown people. Yeah. yeah. I wonder what it is. If it's just like, there's that adrenaline, like dopamine hit. There's like the immediate gratification. Yeah. But it is an addiction. It's a cheap and you thrill, don't know where, yeah. yeah. You don't know where, or not so cheap sometimes. But yeah. 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 <laughs> That's right. Super expensive. But well, yeah, 
I like that advice that you gave and like find out the other person's intention and just talk it out and be yeah. honest. Yeah, that okay. therapy idea is probably best. That's a good yeah. idea. Because money, money is a big, big, big problem. What That's a red like flag. Finances, I was going to say, yeah, money and religion is a are big the top problem. three things yep. that, yeah. that people fight over in marriages yeah. and relationships. Yeah, especially money. A lot of marriages mm-hmm. break up and go through a lot of problems yeah. because you don't have enough money or you're screwing up with your money. You it's have, hard to be with someone. You have some problems. Yeah. yeah, it's not easy to do that. Yeah. Oof, what a <laughs> or marry someone as equally broke as you and there you go. <laughs> both be happy and broke. That's true. Um, well, what a really intense question that was for this week. But we have one good last luck segment. To our yeah, good luck. <laughs> yeah, we have one last segment called "Keeping Up with the Caucasians." Okay, so, this is a segment where we talk about <laughs> things that white people do and whether we as brown people or people of color also do these things. So we have different categories for you to choose from. Interesting. And I'm going to hit you with one. It's like our own kind of Jeopardy, except nobody wins. Okay. <laughs> so we have, these are the categories. We've got food slash beverage, pop culture, music, activities, style and clothes, phrases and sayings, or miscellaneous. Ooh. Pop culture. Ooh. They're all good. I mean, music is also pop culture. Yeah. Fashion is pop culture. Do you have a preference? Should we go with pop culture slash TV? Sure. Have you seen Hamilton? No. <laughs> not even when it was on Disney whatever it was no was it? I haven't been watching TV or going to plays or anything or yeah. theater for a long time I mean honestly like I think all I do is watch stuff on like Amazon and Netflix yeah and that stuff is actually they have some good stuff but I, I like to binge watch things at home on my laptop in bed with like a Bag of Doritos or something. Yeah. That sounds great. Yeah. I, I've never seen it. And also, of course, the tickets were insane. So yeah, yeah and that gonna too. Attract like attract a certain socioeconomic yep. group. Yeah. You got to get like a home loan of, to, to go see one right. of these things these days. Oh yeah. My gosh. Same. I, I also wasn't like Lin Manuel, like he's fine, but I also wasn't like super like excited to like, I was like, whatever. And I know every. A lot of my, uh, like, white colleagues all, like, have seen it. Really must see Hamilton. Yeah. I don't know why. Yeah. I feel yeah. like they're British for yeah. some reason. <laughs> <laughs> so none of us have seen it. Okay, you pass. You pass Yay. our test. Brown people don't watch it? I guess. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. That's what we're here to figure out. But isn't he brown? <laughs> That's a good yeah, point. He but, is, he, but he still can create something. Or but, yeah. I think it's just unattainable or inaccessible, I think. Or a lot of yeah. that was the thing. Like when it it was people. really inaccessible, and I get like I get that they wanted like the hype, and they were gonna like profit off of like you know like rich people being White like people. yeah exactly. It goes yeah. back to that sketch we did actually, the movies about the Iranian filmmakers. Yeah, about like the sad yeah sad, sad, sad terrible Iranians. They just want to see like brown people in sad suffering. Oh, positions. absolutely, because yeah. it, it sells here in the West. Yeah. That's, Every I I absolutely like I wrote a pilot where it wasn't like anything that was like super. It was just like a fun like well, that's solving, no good solving a murder like like it was just like a fun thing. And then I was just like, so people were like, do you want to like add more about like her background? Like, does and she I was wear like, hijab? Yep. And is she yeah yeah yeah. I was yeah. Like, was she, by like, her dad? Yeah, because it was like she's going back to her old high school now to like solve something that like is happening there now. But they were like, but like, what's her background? Was she bullied because she? And I was like. Mm, let me just write this fun thing. <laughs> yeah, alone. no, sorry. We don't want any yeah. fun stuff from <laughs> Dude, Is the high school in Pakistan? <laughs> yeah. It does feel like we have to always make commentary or like include that as part of anything. And sometimes I like to, but then 
when it's that expectation, like that's the only thing that's, you know, setting you apart from everybody else. And they just want more of the sad stories. Like yeah. it's, it, it's like exploitive. Yeah. Totally. And our brown people use it too. Exploited yeah. for their own yeah. means, whatever. So is that the conclusion about Hamilton? I guess. Yeah. We, yeah. We'll have to ask more brown people. But yeah, we'll ask, we'll I only know some. white people that watched Same. it. But hey, write in if you are a sellout. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. If you have money, uh, donate in. to the show. Yeah, exactly. How much <laughs> were those tickets? They were a lot. I think Maybe in the a beginning. Thousand no, something. They were like at least above like hundreds of like they were a lot, a lot. Yeah. And the other thing is like I'm not going to commit. To a show that I'm going to be on a waiting list for like a year from yeah. now. Yeah. I saw Book of Mormon because… Love, that's the my only one I wanted to see. I really, really It was really good. And we had gotten tickets like through like the, yeah. the day of. There were like 30 bucks and like the lottery thing. Oh, so, wow. So yeah, we didn't even like pay. Those dudes full. are like they. Yeah, I really wanted. Those like, guys it was are, good. Those, yeah, those are like one of our peeps. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I would definitely wanted to watch that. Him too. I was the like, white Muslims. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Basically, um, um, that's awesome. Well, Saman, thank you so much for being here. You. And uh, where can our listeners follow you? Follow your work and anything that you want um, to plug. Well, I mean, the stuff I do is in Farsi, so. It's not unless you speak. We, we have some Farsi, sure, Farsi yeah. listeners. Yeah, if you're brown, Iranian brown, then um, you know um, you can find me on social media, and and yeah. I'm writing or most of my posts and comments are in either Farsi for the audience or some English. Learn Farsi, people. Learn Farsi, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, Twitter and Instagram mostly. I haven't checked my Facebook in like five, six years. What's yeah. your handle so we can put it in the? Uh, my Twitter is my full name, okay, Salman awesome. Arababi. And uh, Instagram, my name was taken. So it's Salmanism. S-A-M-A-N-I-S-M. The new religion. <laughs> it is. Yeah, we'll put it in yeah. the show notes awesome. so people will spell it. So Salmanism. The final, final. <laughs> the final, final word. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, That's thank awesome. you so much. Thank this you. was such a great episode. Thank awesome. you. Yeah. Well, good. I hope, I, I hope you know. Of course. Yeah. We can talk to you forever. Um, and listeners, follow us at No Filus Pod. Follow me at Ethereum Coop. Follow me at Amam Sardar. And thank you so much for Canal Street Radio and listening party for letting us record you. Woo! Thank you. Thanks, guys. We did it. <laughs>